Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We have Reverend Paul Andu, Associate Pastor of St. Andrew's Kirk here in Chennai, bring us God's word. Greetings to all of you. In the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, beloved children of God at Via Zion, brothers and sisters, it's such a joy to meet each one of you and uh, talk to you, knowing that uh, you've been faithfully following the Lord. And I thank uh, uh, Pastor Gershom and his family for inviting me to share the word. This morning, I want to speak from John chapter 21. I'm going to be expository in a sense. We're going to go uh, passage by passage or verse by verse. And uh, would you pray with me and lend the hearts uh, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Father God, we pray that you would be present as we listen. And we want to hear the voice of your Holy Spirit. We want to... Be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Speak to us. In the midst of all what's happening around the world, we pray that this morning's devotion would be a time of encouragement, refreshment, and showing us who you are and what you're doing amongst us. Lead us forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John chapter 21, a little bit of background on that chapter before we begin. John seems to have finished the chapter before itself because the words he uses in the last verses of John chapter 20 seems to be like he's finishing the book. And uh, But a new chapter, a new incident begins in John chapter 21. The chapter begins this way. The disciples are scared and confused and uh, they somehow feel that they are deserted by their guru and their leader. They are locked up in our house and they are filled with fear. You see in today's situation, there's a lot of fear, uncertainty, confusion. No one knows what's happening around. World leaders are struggling with the decision making. Small homes are struggling. Small businesses are struggling in decision making. Everyone's confused, mostly scared what's going to happen about their future. So what we read now seems to be fitting into today's situation too. Here are a bunch of disciples in a locked room and uh, the chapter begins with that uh, of this situation of disciples being locked up in a room. Sounds like today's situation, isn't it? But uh, for Peter and his friends, as they are there, there's something that very uniquely happens in this chapter. And I want us to go through this chapter as we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It begins with uh, verse 1. Uh, John just captures a little bit of uh, what he's trying to explain in this chapter. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself and he begins the whole chapter. This incident that John captures is about Jesus who chooses to walk into the midst of the fear of people. Here are a bunch of disciples who have put their lives on Jesus. Jesus called them by name and they walked out. And uh, he had taught a lot of what is kingdom, who is Jesus, 
how to follow, what is a disciple, who is a Christian. All of these for three and a half years, they were with Jesus. They saw him walk the life that he talked. They saw him perform miracles. They uh, ate with him. They stayed with him. They lived their life with him. They saw who he was and they allowed him to shape the lives of the disciples. But suddenly, even though Jesus had taught all these disciples about his leaving, suddenly in front of their eyes, this guru, this leader, this redeemer, this God who they saw in flesh is not there now. A God who said, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will take care of you is not there with them. And so it brought in a lot of fear and uh, they were confused. So Jesus chooses to walk in the midst of all of this. And that's how the chapter begins. Jesus, who had promised in Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20. That's the commission Jesus had already given to these disciples. He told them he will be going away. And in fact, he was taken up and uh, in, in, in front of their eyes, he had told them already, and this is what I'm going to uh, do. And this is what I want you to do also. Uh, go out into all the world, teach, preach, and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And also uh, know that all authority is given to me and I'm giving this to you and I will be with you. Until the end of age. That was his promise. But somehow it did not occur to the disciples. True to our situation today. We have thousands of promise in the word of God. But when we walk through these times of pandemic. Uh, I want to assure us that as John begins this chapter. It is true for us to note that Jesus walks into the fearful situations of our lives. And that's how he begins in chapter 21, verse 1. So the first point that I want to assure us is whatever situation we are in, it may be confusing. We do not know what's ahead. We are looking ahead. And uh, this morning, the devotion is for us to assure that Jesus will walk into our situation too today. And uh, when, when we are uh, uh, following him, we can be assured that Jesus will walk into our situation. Verse 2. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin and there's a series of disciples who are mentioned there. Basically, seven disciples out of 11 are in this room, locked in this room. Why would that be 11? One of them has already died and that's Judas Iscariot. And uh, out of uh, 11 left over, there are seven in this room locked in. And out of the seven, one chooses to walk outside. One chooses to walk outside. Who this one is matters for us to take note. Uh, Simon Peter, verse 3. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. This same Peter, who was not all that bold before. This same Peter, who denied Jesus before. This same Peter, um, who slipped into the water while Jesus called him, come. Uh, this same Peter, who had all the fear in his heart chooses to take the first step to go outside. Here are a bunch of scared disciples sitting inside, not knowing what the Roman soldiers will do to them and not knowing clearly or not knowing with, with a focus as to what or how these promises that God had given to them or these 
responsibilities God had given to them would take place. Without that, he still chooses to take the first step to go outside. Peter, this time, is very well aware of Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20. The words of Jesus is in his heart, deep inside. Um, but he has no clue how it's going to come out. And he takes the first step. Many of us may be in a situation where we have come to a point blank stop. And some of our businesses have stopped. Some of our lives have been refaced. And so we have come to a fresh new start. Everything is changing now. Right? Corona or the pandemic has kind of brought in a stop. And we do not know how God's promises are going to unveil or present uh, uh, to us in this period. But at this time, I want to encourage us to take the first step. Now, you remember in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 20, Jesus had called Peter and this calling was very specific. He was a fisherman. But Jesus calls him to be fishers of men. Um, so this calling, Peter is aware of this calling at that point in time. So in, in my mind, I think Peter took a step out of knowing uh, that his calling is to be fishers of men and that he did not want to sit inside in fear and be captive to the fear. And so Peter takes one bold step to step outside, not knowing what's going to happen on the other side, but still listening and being aware of what God has called him to do, he takes one step outside. Peter is very well aware and Peter goes out and immediately we read in that uh, next verses that all the uh, six walk behind him. They say, we'll also come with you and they go out with him. Here's my application at this point in time. Uh, taking the first step with what you already are equipped is the first step towards meeting Jesus. Whatever God has given to you and me, he wants us to take the first step outside to meet Jesus. Remember, Jesus is by now, is dead. He rose again and he has a new body, the same body that is gifted to all the believers, the new body that is of resurrection. And he, in another place, walks into a closed room. You remember the time when he walks into, when he shows his hand and Thomas puts inside to clear his doubt and increase his faith. But Jesus chooses not to do the same thing, though these people were scared inside the room. He chooses to meet them at the point where they have overcome their fear and they are walking. Jesus intentionally made a point to meet them at the sea so that these people would have the faith to walk, would have the uh, power and the courage to walk over their fear and meet them there. So the point that I want to leave here from this uh, incident is... Uh, to take the first step, it may be a business, it may be what God has already promised you last year, this year, this month, even today as you're um, listening, maybe the Holy Spirit is telling you something. The first step is to walk out of your fears and take the first step to go and do what God has equipped you to do. Take the first step, get out of fear and do what God has already gifted you with or God has given you uh, to do. And so we see here six out of uh, um, seven follow this one leader. And so they say we are also going and uh, they go. These are a bunch of fishermen who are born in a fisherman family. 
they live a life of a fisherman. That means they see, they can see the clouds and they can decide whether it's going to be raining or not, or which part of the sea will have what kind of fish, or which time of the year, and which fish will be in the sea. These are expert fishermen who go all night and they fish, and they have not captured anything. They have not captured anything. And Jesus walks in and he asks them in verse 4, Children, do you have any food? It's amazing, isn't it? A question occurs in our mind. Does Jesus know? Because these are the people who he lived with and they were struggling the whole night. They've already taken steps to overcome their fear and whole night kind of they've uh, fished. They would have uh, swung the uh, nets on the left and the right and nothing happened. And now Jesus walks in and he asks the question, do you have any food? Seems very silly, right? But take note that when Jesus asks the question, it's not that he does not know. He wants the disciples to know their true state. If you remember, God walked into the Garden of Eden and he called for Adam and he asked, Adam, Adam, where are you? Well, God could see Adam right there behind the bush, covered in guilt and shame. Here's a man hiding who he created. But God still asks a question because he wanted Adam to know that he has failed miserably. So when Jesus asks a question, he wants his disciples to know that their inabilities, their incapacities are true in their real life. There's a point in life when we cannot move on with our own strength, with our physical strength. And if God has called us into a relationship with him, if we are his children and we are we are wanting to be his disciples. We have to understand there are certain parts of our lives that only Jesus can fulfill. Only Jesus can lead. Only Jesus can show. Expert fishermen catch nothing. Have you been there? A time where you've tried the same thing over and over again and it's not worked out. These fishermen may have tried the same thing over their lives. They might have caught lot of fish before, but the experience is not working out well. Trying the same things over and over again does not give you the same results when you want to understand God's call upon your life. When you want, when you want to understand God's purposes, when you want to understand God's directions, you have to stop and think and ask God. Sometimes things don't work just because God wants us to pay attention and give him our focus. And so some disabilities, inabilities in our life may be there for a reason. You may be trying to do a lot of things and you may not be catching fish, even though it's in your expert area. And those are times for us to stop and ask God, where are you, Lord? Am I missing something? I want to listen to you. So here are a few things uh, at this point, principles to capture for us, for our lives at this point. Stop and think and ask God, accept our incapacities and make sure that this points us to an interdependent relationship with God. Yes, he is our savior, but he's not far away from our life. He's involved in my daily life. He wants to be involved in the purpose of my daily living. As a person here on earth, in various roles, as a father, as a husband, as a professional person, as a personal uh, follower of uh, Jesus Christ, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, he wants to be involved. And some of those things, when it doesn't work, 
God may be asking us to look at him and become interdependent on him. Some of these doors in life may be closed for these reasons. And only God can open, only God can do something and only God can give us strength to move forward. What are our inabilities or our disabilities? Our inabilities and our disabilities can be the soil for us to turn to Jesus. Let's move on, verse 6. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And they did so. Cast the net on the right hand side. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, a carpenter is walking into the lives of fishermen and giving them advice on how to fish. Amazing, isn't it? Uh, many times we tell the same thing to God too, right? God, you do not know about my situation, Lord. Uh, Lord, only if you understand my situation, wouldn't that be the prayer in the depth of our hearts? Well, we may not verbalize that and tell it out loudly. But sometimes in the depth of our heart, we do know that God understands our situation. But we, in our real life, we find it very difficult to give the whole trust to God, give the whole decision to God. Though we sing the song, I surrender all, but there are parts that we find it difficult. And that evening, as they listened to Jesus, um, their faith was increased. And that's what happens when you listen to the words of Jesus. When you walk along with him, he increases your faith so you can know him more in your life. And here's the principle that I want to share at this point in time. I think we have to stop telling God that he does not know and pretend like he does not know our life or that he does not understand our problems of our life. He understands. Just to make this point of what would have happened in the minds of the disciples that early morning. Um, how big do you think the boat must have been? The boat must have been just 6 to 7 feet, maximum 10 feet in width. And these are expert fishermen. And uh, uh, for them, uh, a lot must have happened while they heard Jesus' word. Take the nets and put it on the right hand side. It's just 10 feet across. But across these 10 feet, can you imagine they had to overcome their previous experiences? Previous experiences would have told them, that a fish is not in the left, it will neither be on the right. It's sea, it's water underneath. There is no left and right on the other side. But they have to overcome their logical sense when they listen to Jesus. Many times when we listen, our worldly logic will not fit into God's purposes in our life. May not fit into God's purposes or life. Or maybe rather, let me put it this way. They will learn to shape in, into God's will as you take the step in faith and obey God. And that must have been the huge lesson. Lessons learned. So many years they would have learned the lesson. At this point in time, they set out. They cast their head this side. They get the fish. They come back. They have to break the cycle of routine. They have to break the cycle of culture. That they do not listen to anyone other than fishermen. Because fishermen knew all about the sea. Here's a carpenter walking in and telling them. And with all of this, when Jesus said, cast the net on the other side, they did obey. Not just they obeyed. Can you imagine Jesus looking at the storms and saying, calm down, they calm down. Looking at a rainless situation and opening the skies and rains coming down. Sending food to those who did not have. The Bible has millions of uh, uh, occasions 
thousands of occasions where God said and uh, every bit of creature, every bit of creation listened to him. The trees will listen to him. The birds will listen to him. Nature will listen to him. Storms will calm down. Demons will flee. Lame will be healed. The blind will see. Every power under the name of Jesus will listen to him, including the fish. And when Jesus said, cast your net on the other side, all the fish would have come to the right hand side. You know why? Because you and I serve God who creates. God who creates. Every creation listens to this name. Every creation obeys to this name. Only one part of the creation is given the choice whether we can listen or not. It's you and me. It's human beings. And we miserably fail in this so many times. But that day, they saw this power of God. These disciples put the net on the other side and they saw this power of God. With Jesus, it's always the right side. With Jesus, it's always the right side. You do what he says to do, you will always be on the right side. So what are your nets that you've been fishing on the left and the right and not have found fish enough? It's time to listen to Jesus so you can put your nets on the right side. That is his side, obeying his words and uh, continue to fish. It is possible to find favor in the midst of famine. That morning there was famine, there was no fish. Hours and hours together, experience didn't work, worldly knowledge didn't work. When Jesus walked into that situation, he turned the situation into a favor-filled situation. What is famine can be turned into favor when you and I learn to listen and obey. Romans 8.28 For this reason, God chooses to change our situation for all of those who are called according to his purposes and according to his name. I'm paraphrasing Romans 8.28 so we understand it in this context. Here's verse 7. They all see this. Now they realize, oh my God, their eyes are opened because they've seen the miracle and the power of God in action. And they know it's Jesus. Immediately, Peter jumps off into the sea and he wants to go far away. Peter is terrified. And he jumps off and his reaction is to run far away into the shore and he goes. But what happens next is the best part of the chapter. I really, really like this part. And in verse 9, you see Jesus setting up a barbecue for his disciples. Jesus has gone ahead and he set up a coal fire and uh, some fish and some bread on it. And uh, amazing, isn't it? You've never imagined Jesus uh, who will set up a barbecue for his disciples, isn't it? But that day, amazing grace of God is set on a barbecue uh, for his disciples. But as Peter walked in, the smell of coal, remember he jumped in to the boat and he, he swims so much to escape Jesus. Um, here's the reason why he would have done that. Because the previous time he met Jesus, was at a very, very, very negative place. And so the smell of coal, the smell of firewood, firewood would have reminded Peter of another time when he was sitting around a similar fire. When coal was set up and firewood was set up, somebody walked up to him and tapped him and said, Hey, are you not the one with Jesus? And the same question was asked to him three times by three people. And uh, he says no. And the prophecy comes true. 
uh, and he denies Jesus three times. So when he walks in, um, Peter's memory would have been so difficult, so shameful. Maybe he was filled with, uh, with grief, with guilt that he did this to Jesus. Um, but Jesus is already there. And at this point, I want to remind us about a principle. Romans 5.8 talks about while we were yet sinners, Christ came for us. In the midst of my mess, yes, God has called me. Many times he's told me what to do. I messed up so many times. But in the midst of my mess, he walks in. He presents himself. He saves me. He redeems me. And my life becomes a message. How amazing, isn't it? This Peter who denied Jesus. This Peter who was impulsive in everything he did. This Peter who jumps off the boat and runs away from Jesus. Jesus chooses to meet him there. Amazing grace. How sweet it sounds. Amazing love of God sets up a barbecue for him. That's the same thing for you and me too. Jesus sets a barbecue, a table where he wants us to meet. There is a similar offer all of God's children continue to enjoy. We call it the table of the Lord, where he himself has become our meal. It's the communion table. When we break bread, when we remember what he did on the cross for us, that's the covenant of love we renew. So remember, next time you go to uh, communion, next time you take communion, that's the table God extends uh, this conversation. No matter what mess you and I have made, we can always come back and set things right and have a second chance or a third chance or a fourth chance, or whatever number chance. As I finish, I want to finish with this. The miracle of miracles in this chapter is not about how many, how much of fish they caught. It's not about that God ordered the fish to come on the right. But the miracle is this, while Peter chooses to have a conversation with God. Remember, there are seven disciples in the boat, but Jesus has a personal conversation on the breakfast table with this one man, with this one man, Peter. Remember, I told you while we began, uh, John seems to have closed the book in chapter 20, but he chooses to open a new story and close and add an additional chapter in verse in chapter 21. That's because without this capture of Peter's incident of meeting Jesus and uh, um, having a personal conversation in Acts, he's going to be an absolute uh, church leader. All of Bible readers would be struggling because the last memory of Peter would be that he denied. And we will not know what happened in between this and Peter becoming a glorious pillar of the New Testament church. And uh, that happens here in this chapter. The miracle of miracle is in the forgiveness that Jesus offers to Peter. And on that meal, it's amazing that Jesus set up this table only for Peter and he calls him. And uh, on this, at this meal, or while they had a conversation, Jesus asks him, Three times. Amazing, isn't it? Jesus even picks that number of times. Uh, he asks him, do you love me? Amazing question, isn't it? Here's Peter, who is now struggling with guilt, who's denied him three times, who's run away, and who probably has his head down in posture while he's meeting Jesus. But here's the love of Jesus. Here's the forgiveness of Jesus uh, that is asking him, do you love me? And Peter First time, second time says, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And the third time, I think he says, Lord, you know it. 
you know everything why are you even asking the question you know my thoughts you know my intentions you know everything nothing is hidden to you why are you even asking me lord and all three times jesus chooses to reinstate his call and in that conversation the call that peter received in john chapter 4 in matthew chapter 4 is reinstated here for him feed my sheep take care of my lambs and come feed the sheep in the church come become a part of my kingdom do what i have called you to do and today too as we finish this devotion um it's amazing how god can do the same thing to you and me too he can walk into our lives struggling with fear he can walk into our lives struggling with confusion not knowing which direction we are going he can present himself and uh, he can talk to us and he can draw our attention to him and he can tell us uh, and give us um, whatever sustenance we need whatever we are searching for in the discipleship life of uh, being with jesus walking with jesus we can have a net full of fish but above all of that is this beautiful relationship that god restored uh, this was god's love language to the world to you and me too forgiveness god's love language to the world sin can weigh us down but what happened on the cross when jesus died when he shed his priceless blood for you and me so we could be washed clean and saved changes who we are we are forgiven people we are people called by god and jesus says today to you and me i have forgiven you you are mine you are my child we are children of god so here's what as i as i conclude um here are the few points we can take home from this chapter fear not fear not there are close to 365 fear not statements in the bible or statements that talk about not to be afraid of jesus can and will walk into your hopeless situations turn your inabilities disabilities to focus on him and all you will be required is to take the first step in faith he wants to meet you after you take the first step take the first step in faith and jesus is waiting to meet you go to him with your disabilities inabilities and he will show you what you should be doing next where to put your nets so you could get an increase of your faith and he will provide he did provide that morning he is god of creation at his word everything will learn to shape in including your disabilities inabilities he can change your world and uh, so i'm going to ask you to ask him in whatever way you are struggling with he will provide here's another point reach out to him because he's waiting to reach out to you even in the midst of your struggle even if you don't see him if you don't feel him he is reaching out to you he loves you he is forgiven you he will restore your purposes and uh, he calls you to do his will all we have to do is trust and obey would you pray with me father in heaven we read about this passage and the holy spirit you spoke to us about so many things in this passage o oh lord 
and I pray that you would, this time as we listen to your word, yield to the voice of your Holy Spirit, that we would be listeners and doers of your word. If the many of us are stuck in fear and confusion, not knowing what's going to happen next, I pray, O oh Lord, that you would give us courage and faith to take the first steps with what you've already shown us, with what you've already given us, with what you've already called us to do. And I pray, O oh Lord, that in the midst of our inabilities and disabilities, we would learn to depend on you. We would learn to stop and focus on you and what you're doing. If you're changing our world around, if you're changing our personal lives around, we want to know how and why. So I pray that we would stop doing the same things over and over again and not resulting in frustration. But I pray that you will lead us into freedom to listen to you, to lift our heads above, to notice you in our presence, to notice your presence in our lives. Lord, we pray that you would uh, help us to increase our faith, to listen and obey you, even though it may not seem logical, even though it may not fit into our eyes of the world, I pray that you would give us faith to obey you. We want to believe, we want to obey, so we want to have a net full of fish, O oh Lord. We want favor, we want to enjoy this favor of God, supernatural favor of God in the midst of famine. While the world is going through difficulty, we want you to tell us what to do and enjoy your provision that you have for us. And above all, O oh Lord, I pray that every time we open the scripture, Every time we come to in communion with one another as a church, as a fellowship, every time we come in communion with you, come to the table of the Lord, I pray that we would be assured that you have forgiven us, that you've accepted us as your children, that you will do that no matter how many times we come back to you. Thank you for this amazing love, a love that changed Peter who denied him three times to Peter, who becomes the rock of the New Testament church. Transform our lives too, O oh Lord. You've called us. For each one of us, you have a purpose. Show us that and lead us forward. We thank you for, we are Zion. We thank you for the way in which you are empowering them, that you live in the midst of this group of people, O oh Lord. We pray that you would continue to speak to them. Show them yourselves, O oh Lord, and I pray that you will lead them forward. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.